This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. Morning, everybody. Was the weekend drippy enough for you? Yeah, you know, last year we didn't get a whole lot, so it's great to have it. And uh, so I'm going to welcome you this morning. Are you excited to be in church this morning? Are you really excited? You should be. Because we have a message today straight from God's heart to yours. And I I have prayed all week long that it would would settle not just in your head, but in your heart. And so we're going to explore that a little bit this morning. Um, My name is Ron, for those of you who are new. And I would love to meet you uh, before you get out of here later today. So I'll be hanging out in the lobby. If I haven't met you, please come by and say hello. I am uh, part of a tandem teaching team here at New Life, and uh, so it's my privilege to be able to share with you from God's Word over the next few minutes uh, some wonderful truths that will actually change your life. And uh, so we're going to have fun exploring that. Um, We are a church that's honored to get to help you connect more deeply with God. That's our belief. That's our practice every single Sunday. If you come to church and you leave no more deeply connected with God than when you came, I think I would ask you a question and God would also ask you the same question, and that is, what good did it do you to come? So uh, I, I want to encourage all of us to set aside whatever you got planned for the rest of the day. Don't let that come into your mind. Set aside whatever worries you have. And let's focus in on connecting more deeply with God. Part of making that happen is this little card, okay? On the front side, there's a place that has, that's there for contact information. And if you're here all the time, then just put your name there. We already have your contact info. But if you haven't given us your contact info or it's changed, then would you please take a moment and fill out that box because that helps us... To, to do our job as a church in helping you get more deeply connected. On the back side is all the stuff that helps you connect with God more deeply. Okay, So you put your contact info on the front side, and on the back side there's a place for prayer requests where we can pray with you about something that's going on in your life or somebody's life that you know and you would like to have us pray about. There's a section in there I'm going to guide you to a little bit later on this morning in, in uh, helping you apply what, I, what I'm teaching you. And then at the very top and at the very bottom are ways for you to check, uh, indicating that you'd like to get involved, like to get into the flow of the church, or like to participate in some event that the church has going right now. At the end of our service, we will collect those. So we are, this morning, we're putting a bow on this particular sermon series. It's our... Last in uh, six uh, sermons out of Romans chapter 8. And uh, we could have preached in this probably for half a year. We did it for a month and a half. And uh, today we have a wonderful passage that we're going to head into um, that is uh, about God's love. And as I said earlier, this is straight from God's heart to your heart. And uh, so as we explore that, uh, let's take a look straight away at our passage this morning. This is our core Bible passage. 
Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? What would be the answer to that? Are you sure? That was really resounding. What would be the answer to that? No, nothing can. And then he's going to go ahead and explain it to us. Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened by death? Whoa, that's a serious question. Because I believe and my experience teaches me that when we encounter those things, one of the first things that we question is God's love for us. And it usually comes out when somebody comes to my office and says, Pastor, where's God? Yeah. Now, I know it's easy for us to read that list, but, you know, in our minds, we translate that to a little bit different list. And that is, we translate it into all the minor things that happen in life. Can anything separate me from God's love? And we we talk about, you know, my kids crying in the night and other things like that. But look at this list. It says trouble or calamity. Persecution. That's serious stuff. Hungry. Destitute. In danger. Threatened with death. That's a huge list. Those are big, big things. He says, as the scriptures say, for your sake, we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. And that's, that's a passage from the book of Psalms, which refers to a period of history in the nation of Israel where they had been taken captive and they were literally, some of them, in prison or they were at a minimum in quarantine. And they were dying and And they had lost, actually, they had lost hundreds of thousands of their relatives. And Paul quotes it. No, despite, it says, all day long we are being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And then he returns back to the original question. And I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life. Neither angels nor demons. Neither our fears for today. Nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all of creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Fabulous passage about God's love for us and a fabulous passage about our standing in regard to God. And that leads us to the very first truth because in this passage we're going to see three truths that can change our life. And the very first truth is this. God wants us to feel His love every day and in every circumstance. Now, there's an interesting dilemma, a tension that goes on in the life of every single human being. And it's the tension between our head and our heart. Okay? This coming Thursday, you're going to get a front row seat to that tension. Okay? Because as you sit at the Thanksgiving table, your head is going to say, that's enough. Right? 
And your head is going to say, you should get up and go out and walk this off. And your heart is going to say, but I only get this food once a year. And God knows I'm famished without it. Right? And you're, yes. And your heart's going to say, walk, watch football. That's an easy choice. And you're going to have this tension between your head and your heart. Now the question is, which one of those is going to win? Oh yeah. All the evidence points toward your heart. Of course, that's why most of us are going to eat seconds and watch football. Because, well, God's real clear about that. In fact, that's truth number two. Eventually, our heart trumps our head. I want you to know this. Your head can control your behavior for a short period of time. But whatever's in your heart is eventually what determines the course of your life. Here's how the Bible says it. Let me read you two passages. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23 says this. It says, guard your heart above all else. Why? For it determines the course of your life. Let me read the second one then. Then we'll go back and apply this. Whatever is in your heart. This is what Jesus said. Whatever is in your heart determines what you say. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. And an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. You see, the truth is, you and I could read that passage in Romans chapter 8, and it can speak directly to our head. And if we know that God loves us, but we don't feel that God loves us, in the end it will never change our lives. Because it's only what we feel in our heart that eventually determines the course of our lives. I said this was a passage straight from God's heart to yours. I want to read you something. It's excerpted from a book written by Max Lucado called A Gentle Thunder. And it's written about the passage that I just read to you earlier out of Romans chapter 8. I want you to catch this in your heart. Why does a mother love her newborn? Because the baby is hers? Even more. Because the baby is her. Her blood, her flesh, her sinew and spine, her hope, her legacy. It bothers her not that the baby gives nothing. She knows a newborn is helpless and weak. She knows babies don't ask to come into this world. And God knows we didn't either. We are His idea. We are his, his face, his hands, his touch. We are him. Look deeply into the face of every human being on earth and you will see his likeness. Though some may appear, may appear to be distant relatives, they are not. God has no cousins, only children. We are incredibly the body of Christ. And though we may not act like our Father, there is no greater truth than this. We are His. Unalterably 
He loves us undyingly. Nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. But how difficult is it to embrace that truth? You think you've committed an act that places you outside of his love. A treason, a betrayal, an aborted promise. You think that he would love you more if you hadn't done that, right? You think he would love you more if you did more, right? You think if you were better, his love would be deeper. Wrong, wrong, and wrong. God's love is not human. His love is not normal. His love sees your sin and loves you still. Does he approve of your sin? No. Do you need to repent? Yes. But do you repent for his sake or yours? Yours. His ego needs no apology. His love needs no bolstering. And he could not love you more than he does right now. You are his. Nothing could ever separate you from his love. You know, this is a passage that actually doesn't need a lot of explanation. It's a passage from God's heart to ours. My concern, and I think God's concern, is that we would get it from here to here. And the big question is, how do we get it from here to here? If, if I do in my life what I have in here, then what's the purpose of my head? Well, the purpose of my head is found in that last passage. Proverbs 23, 7 says, As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. It's your head's job to direct your heart about what to dwell on. Because I'll tell you this, whatever you let your heart dwell on, you'll fall in love with. Is that true? It's always true. So it's your head's job to direct your heart. And if you're ever going to feel God's love in your heart, I mean deeply feel God's love in your heart, and if you're ever going to live every day surrounded by the awareness that God loves you, that you are his child, and, and that his love for you is unshakable and undying, and if you're ever going to have the confidence to live life in, in, in the context of God's wonderful love for you, then it's going to have to go from here to here. Because the heart trumps the head every time. Think about this. Jutting out from a sheer cliff, which is a wall of the Grand Canyon, is a thing called the Skywalk. You ever seen a picture of it? It goes, it's a, it's a loop that goes 75 feet out and it appears to hang on nothing because there's nothing supporting it underneath. It's cantilevered back into the cliff. Now the floor of it is glass. The side walls are glass. And you can walk out 75 feet and look straight down 3,610 feet to the river at the bottom. Honest to God truth, it was engineered to the point that 71 fully loaded 747s could, could rest on its foundation. But I know a lot of 200-pound men who would never put a foot on it. 
Why? Because it's not what's in your head that determines what you do. It's what's in your heart. Now, every writer who writes love songs knows this truth. A few years ago, actually several years ago, maybe 20 years ago, Billy Ray Cyrus came out with a song called Achy Breaky Head. Oh, maybe that wasn't what it was. What was it? Achy Breaky Heart. And when you write a love note to your wife or your husband, you never say, I love you with all my head. And that would be crazy. You know why? Because all of us know instinctively that if it's only in our head, there's something missing. And God's great passion for you is that you would know here, that you would feel it here, that that you could get so in tune with God's love that it would sink all the way into here. So then the question is, how do I get it from here to here? Fortunately, God has written a wonderful passage of Scripture. It's tiny, but it is so profound. And that's what we're going to break out over the next few minutes. And then we're going to work on applying this. So here it is. Here's truth number three. The secret to feeling near is drawing near. Let me give you another way to say it. And that is you've got to draw near to God if you want to feel near to Him. The author of the book of James says this, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Now I got to tell you right away, for many of us, that seems backwards. Doesn't it seem better that God would draw near to us and then we would be drawn to him? Well, the truth is God's already near to you. God's already declared his love for you. God's already doing everything he can in your life. But the truth is, And this is something you can write down on your margin because I will guarantee you this is a profound truth that until you get it, this other stuff isn't going to make sense. It's not God's love for you that causes you to feel close to Him. It's actually your love for God. Now, think about this. When you were a junior high kid or a senior high kid and some girl in the school had a crush on you, but she wasn't all that attractive to you. Okay? Did you feel near to her? No, it's not her love for you that causes you to feel near. You never feel near until you love something. Now, God's love is the same way. What could God do to make his love more real to you? He created the heavens and the earth as a place for you to live. And when you sinned, instead of forsaking you, he sent his only son to die on the cross so that you could live forever and have your sins forgiven. He's worked in your life every day of your life. He wrote his word filled with promises of his love for you. What could he possibly do to more clearly demonstrate to you that he loves you? He's done everything he can. If you don't feel near to God, then the problem is the fact that you haven't drawn near to him. And when you draw near to him, you begin to feel near. 
And I'm going to give us three ways that we can draw near to God. Now, there are many, um, but I'm going to give you the three starting points. And I will tell you right up front, well, let's just get into the first one. And, and uh, by the way, these are at the bottom of your notes. They're also on the, on the middle of the back of your Connect card. And so uh, this is where we get into the application of what we're going to do with this particular message. And the first is this, reserving a sacred daily time to be with God. Now, if you, if you grew up in a church or you've been around church a long time, you're going to think right away, oh, the pastor's talking about my Bible reading and prayer. No, I'm actually not talking about that. Because it's really easy to put your Bible reading and prayer into that sort of checklist mode. I'm talking about be with God, to draw near to God. I know it's simple, but it's really profound. Virtually every Christian that I know that feels near to God has a sacred daily time. And I call it sacred because you don't let anything interfere with it. I mean, it's there. It's highest priority. And when you go through your day, you think, nope, there's a number of things. By the way, most of us have sacred eating times. Have you noticed that? We rarely let anything interfere with that. And that's because God gave us a little gnawing on the inside called hunger. And we can only ignore it so long. And then we set aside everything and say, I've got to get something to eat. And we do. Well, God's given you a thing called spiritual hunger. And if you hang on to it and you pay attention to it, it will do the exact same thing for your heart. And you will end up in this place. And I could, I, 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 hundreds of Christians that I've talked to have it. And they have developed this nearness to God. And they just have this thing on the inside that says, i got to go have my time with God. It's what I live on and live for. Reserving a daily time to be with God. If you do it, you'll feel near. If you don't, you will always struggle to feel near. It's just that simple. The second thing is visiting with God about the events of life. All children in the world fall into two categories. Those who share the events of life with their father feel close to their father. And those who don't share the events of life with their fathers don't feel close to them. That's not hard to understand, is it? No, we all know that. Those, those who pick up the phone, those who text, those who email, it doesn't make a difference. But those who share the events of their lives with their dads feel close to their dads. And those who call their dads once a month because they feel like they should don't feel close. Now the reason God gave you prayer is not so you could pray through a list of people that you're obligated to pray for. It's not even so that you could get up in the morning and say, there, I said my daily prayer. Okay? You'll feel better for saying your daily prayer, 
But you will not feel better in your heart. You will only feel better in your conscience. Okay? God wants to get to your heart. The part of you that was made to draw near to Him and to love Him. And one of the greatest ways to do that is visit with God about the events of your life. In the same way that you would share a story with your dad, share a story with your dad. See, the interesting thing about God is he's not actually your pastor. You know, you can come and talk to me about the really important things in life. And if you know me really well, you can come and talk to me about trivia. I don't care. But oftentimes, we put the pastor hat on on God. Or we put the super priest hat on God. And we feel like that we can only talk to him about, quote, the religious things. Or the really, really, really important things. And God just says, hey, can I be your dad? And when you get up in the morning and you have that time with me, would you just talk to me about life? Would you talk to me about how it went yesterday? Would you talk to me about what's coming up today? Only us. And in that context, you can pray about your husband or your wife or your kids because they are part of your day, right? Yeah. God wants you to visit with Him. That's what it means to draw near to God. It doesn't mean pray through a list. Can you imagine feeling near to your wife? If you said, honey, sit down, I got a list you and I got to go through. That never worked for Monica, I can tell you that. She might appreciate the list, but at the end of the list, she would feel like we were partners in accomplishing things in life, but we wouldn't necessarily feel close. That's no different. There's a third thing that's very good for us, and that is reading his love letter. I was reading a news article the other day, And it was what came out of the hurricane up in New Jersey and New York. And there was a 14-year-old boy who was walking down a New Jersey beach with his mother and looked down and there was something in the sand and he picked it up and it was a stack about that tall of love letters written from a lady to her sweetheart who was in the service in World War II all neatly bundled. And it chronicled their relationship. One of the letters started out, Darling, two weeks from today, we'll be married. One of them started out, I intended to write a long letter today, but time is short, so this will have to do. I want you to think about that for a minute. The lady who wrote those is still alive. And that bundle was delivered to her. But you know who's really going to appreciate that? Her kids. You know, when you read 
a love letter. You begin to know the person who wrote it. I remember reading a story about a father who was diagnosed with cancer. And the doctors told him he had only a few months to live. And he began to ponder how his kids could get to know him because they were little. And he didn't want to be a non-factor in their lives. So he spent virtually every day of the remaining months of his life writing love letters to his children. They covered virtually every topic in life. They weren't just, Daddy loves you. They were, this is something you need to know, and this is something I want you to remember, and this is something I want you to learn. It was him communicating life from his heart to the heart of his kids. Now fast forward about 20 years, and his kids are reading those letters Would they read them once and just set them aside and say, I already read that once? You know, it was their tie to their dad. And every time they would read those letters, they would feel like they got to know him better and that he was part of their life. Well, I want you to know that that's really what the Bible is. It's God's love letter to us. Yeah, there's instructions in there. Of course. What kind of a father wouldn't leave instructions for his kids? And yes, God touches on virtually every subject in life. But if you read it, and you read it carefully, woven throughout the entirety of Scripture, is one central message. That's God's love for you. And here in Romans chapter 8, can anything separate us from God's love. And what's the answer? Nothing. But until you read it, and until you read it regularly, and until you read it, not as an instruction booklet, not as a group of commands, but it's God telling you the history of what he went through to bring you Jesus. And it's God telling you how you can live in such a way that you don't destroy yourself and the people around you. And it's God telling you what you can do with your life that sets you up for a great forever because he's your dad. And when you read it that way, it's his love letter to you. And every time you read it, you feel like you know him more. The last way we can apply it is taking the first step toward God by choosing to become a Christian. Friends, that's where, that's where the journey begins. The first thing that God would say to you as you read his love letter is you've got to understand that the only way to get next to me is through my son Jesus. He is the way. And it begins by making a decision. I pray for all of us here this morning that every single one of us before we leave, we'll have made that decision. And if you haven't made that decision, then this would be the time to do it.
Now I'm going to lead us into a time of communion. And during that time of communion, the worship team is going to sing a couple of songs. And, and I want to invite you at any point during the next two worship songs to get up, make your way to one of the communion tables around the room, spend some time with God, and, and thank Him. Thank Him from your heart for the fact that because of what Jesus did for you, you are free to receive God's love and you are free to give it. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 5, verse number 1, it says, It is for freedom that Christ has set you free. Stand firm then and don't let yourselves be burdened by a yoke of slavery. And he's not talking about slavery that is historical slavery. He's talking about don't become enslaved to your schedule to the point you don't have time to meet with God. Don't become enslaved to your workplace to the point that you don't have time to meet with God. Don't become enslaved to anything. Because the truth is, only you could separate you from God. He's never leaving. He's here. I'm going to pray. And then the worship team is going to lead us in worship. But please take a moment, even as I pray, to check the appropriate responses where God is calling you. And if God's calling you to make that decision to become a Christian, please know that this week one of our pastoral staff will get with you. Because that's the most important decision you could make in life. And we want to make sure that you have everything you need to make that decision uh, in a way that will change your life. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we are so blessed that nothing can separate us from your love. And it's our prayer that you would help us to feel that deeply in our hearts, that we would get up every day and we would just long to be with you because we know that if we draw near, we'll feel near, we'll be near. Because we know that the closer we are to you, the more secure our position in life, no matter what comes our way. For in these things, overwhelming victory, no matter what it is, overwhelming victory is ours through you. And even now as we eat the bread and we drink the cup, we're remembering that it was at a tremendous cost, the cost of your body being brutalized and, 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 and punished and beaten and whipped and severely persecuted. And it was at the cost of your life as your blood spilled on the ground for us. So here we are, your kids, saying thank you, thank you, thank you. We pray in your name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find more information about New Life, including contact information, at newlifepetaluma.org. Thanks for listening.